0: fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and
1: Heath. It is time for the best hour in fantasy football, the Wednesday episode of Fantasy Football Today. Keith, I would say it's even better than 3 to 4 o'clock p.m when we're watching Red Zone and all the games are going crazy.
0: I thought you were going to say it's even better because not only is Dave not here, but Jamie's not here
1: either. The fewer people we have. Basically, the more I get to talk, the better the Wednesday show is. I think that's just what I like about it, I suppose. Uh, All right, so Heath, uh, take off. Good stuff. Thank you, Heath Cummings. Well, we're going to help you make some trades. you got to make some trades. It's a great time to make some trades. We're going to look at those top 11 running backs, all the way from Todd Gurley down to uh, Christian McCaffrey, and see what we're thinking for them the uh, rest of the season. Find out if Heath's worried about any elite wide receivers who have certainly been very good so far this year, um, for for the most part. And buy low, sell high, all that fun stuff. We're going to preview the Thursday night game, which is the Jets at the Browns. And uh, we got some more fun for you on today's show. Heath, give me one by low candidate to start the show.
0: It's the greatest player that Adam Azer never drafted, Dalvin Cook.
1: Oh, isn't that a shame? Isn't that a shame? It is
0: a shame. Now's your chance.
1: I think I'm, I think I'm gonna capitalize on, I think I'm gonna try to capitalize on this.
0: Someone else drafted him. They're upset because his hamstring had a cramp in it. He hasn't scored a touchdown. He hasn't topped 40 rushing yards in a game yet. Now's the time. Put all those things in the offer, too. It's always nice when you put some notes <laughs> telling someone why the player you're trying to trade for sucks.
1: I I get insulted by that.
0: You I know. know. Every, everyone does. No one actually likes it. But Dalvin Cook is on pace for 70 receptions, 800 receiving yards. He's got like 185 total yards in two games. It's just been a weird thing where the Vikings have six passing touchdowns and zero rushing touchdowns. He's going to be very, very good. He's going to be a top 12 running back by on Dalvin Cook.
1: And like we said, I mean, it's now or never because they got Buffalo coming into town this week. It's now or never. This is the time to get him. I guess you could make the case that after that at the Rams, at the Eagles, they're tough matchups. Does that scare you off? I'm
0: not too worried. And I had some people telling me this last night when we were discussing Mark Ingram on Twitter that his schedule is really hard. I don't really worry about schedule with the Vikings offense or the Saints offense.
1: All right. Works for me. Give me one sell-high candidate.
0: Deshaun Jackson, quite obviously, the most obvious sell-high candidate. Maybe that makes it impossible to sell him, but I'm not sure that he's going to be someone that you actually want to start on a regular basis throughout the rest of the year. So I would be happy to sell him for just about anything.
1: What about Mahomes? Any
0: quarterback who's doing really well is a sell-high candidate.
1: Right. Because it's just so deep of a... I mean, okay, maybe this changes in a 14-team or 16-team. Probably 16. 14-team. I'm still, like, in our 14-team, we get plenty of quarterbacks on the waiver wire. Um, Mahomes... See, I have the stat here. Mahomes is the number two quarterback behind Fitzpatrick, and he has... Gosh, he has, like, the 20-something most attempts. Sorry, I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but... Uh, he's not throwing that much. So what, what are the, what are the rate stats telling you about Mahomes?
0: Well, okay. Th- there's a couple of difficult things to parse here because he's averaging 10.6 yards per attempt. There's no way he keeps that up. He's got like an 18% touchdown rate. There's no way he keeps that up. The thing I will say is the Chiefs have not even run 60 plays in a game yet. They've been one of the best offenses in football and they're doing it on like 55 games per play plays per game, which is generally telling you this team is terrible and doesn't have the ability to possess the ball. What it's actually been for the chiefs is it takes them like four plays to score. <laughs> yes. Like that's a been amazing. It, yes. It's so it's hard to make too much of the rate stats because it's not like they're having three and outs and that's why they're not running any plays. It's not like the chiefs have a run heavy offense Right. It's just that they score so quick that normal statistics don't make any sense.
1: 28th most pass attempts for Patrick Mahomes and uh, the second most fantasy points. One behind, one fantasy point behind, of course, the best Ryan Fitzpatrick.
0: Now all that being said, I'm not trying to say that I believe what Patrick Mahomes is doing and you shouldn't sell high. But they have the 28th most pass attempts is what you said?
1: Yes. Well, he no, he has the 28th most pass attempts. So I don't know what that means. Probably around that for the team, but he has the 20th most pass attempts.
0: And they have more pass attempts than rush attempts.
1: Uh do they? Yes. Yeah. All right, there's it's been a strange start for for the Chiefs, but um they uh, they will get the uh, San Francisco 49ers this week then at Denver then Jacksonville not the easiest schedule there I guess for the next 3 then it gets a little bit more favorable after that as we sort of alluded to yesterday all right uh, we've got Ion Fantasy Football Hour radio show on Saturday nights on CBS Sports Radio you can listen to that on Sirius on channel 206 you can listen to that on CBSSportsRadio.com or on your local CBS Sports Radio affiliate. We've got CBS Sports HQ. It is a 24-7 streaming uh, source for scores, for news, for information, for sports coverage the way you want it, and, of course, for fantasy football coverage as well. Fantasy Football Today airs live at noon Eastern, Monday through Friday on CBS Sports HQ and 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. How do you get it? Well, you download the CBS Sports app. I've got it on my Roku. You can get it on any over-the-top device. And uh, and stream, CBS Sports app. It's all free. Get HQ there. It's great. And we have a lot of other podcasts. Please check out our lineup on CBSSports.com slash podcast. College football, pro football. It's pick six is the pro football co- uh, podcast. MMA uh, and so much more. Golf. We have a golf podcast. Uh, so CBSSports.com slash podcast. Heath, let's run through the news and notes. Jay Ajayi could miss this week's game. And Corey Clement is now 75% owned. Is he almost at the Giovanni Bernard level if Jay Ajayi is out?
0: Um, If Jay Ajayi is out, I'll probably have him ranked higher than Giovanni. Oh, wow, really? Because it's a better matchup. It is. The Colts' defense was looked better against Washington, but I think Washington just had a terrible offensive day. If Ajayi is out, Clement and Bernard will both be top 10 running backs for me in Week 3.
1: Yeah, I, and, you know, are there stud running backs that you're going to sit for them? Like, uh, like David Johnson.
0: I would have a hard time if I had those two starting David Johnson. In non-PPR. And in PPR. Either way.
1: Against the Bears. Look like and they have a pretty good I defense. feel
0: kind of the same way about Kareem Hunt.
1: Kareem Hunt, yeah, is another guy that's interesting. We're going to talk about all these guys. Kareem Hunt going up against the 49ers. Uh, alright, Antonio Brown mispracticed for personal reasons according to his agent Drew Rosenhaus. Right, how concerned are you, like, obviously his agent's gonna say, there's nothing to it. But how concerned are you now about this Antonio Brown stuff?
0: Um I, I thought, uh, I was on CBS Sports HQ and I, I thought that, uh, I heard it say, said best. For anyone else, we would be panicking. For the Steelers, this is a Monday
1: (laughs) It is kind of true But, you know, for the Steelers I think sort of why we thought Le'Veon Bell would be back Yeah Sure enough, he isn't
0: I mean, he faces a depleted Tampa Bay secondary on Monday Night Football He leads the NFL in targets I would expect he'll be one of the top three or four receivers in Week 3
1: Have you checked the FanDuel pricing yet?
0: Well, it's Monday Night Football So I don't play contests that include both Sunday and Monday
1: Okay Okay. But
0: yes, I have checked the FanDuel pricing. I just
1: not so, but not him. I wonder if right. he's still the number 1 wide receiver. And we don't know. All right.
0: No, well. none of the main contests include that game.
1: Gotcha. Okay, uh more news. Matt Nagy says Jordan Howard needs a few more carries. He went away from him late in the game, so you can expect hopefully a bigger workload for Howard. Hugh Jackson says Duke Johnson needs more touches. Duke Johnson, I mean, would you have any hesitation dropping Duke Johnson? None. Yeah, okay. Uh, Washington running back Rob Kelly is on IR, so if you think Adrian Peterson's gonna get hurt, <clears throat> and you're in a deeper league, Samaj P. Ryan could be in line for work.
0: He's a good stash.
1: Yeah. Uh, Andy Levitre is out for the season, that's Atlanta's guard. He's got a triceps injury, I don't know if it's a huge loss, but it's a loss. Jordan Matthews signed with the Eagles, they need some help. Do you think Jordan Matthews has any fantasy value?
0: I don't really. Like I would expect, once now once Alshon Jeffrey's back, the targets are pretty consolidated between Aguilar, Jeffrey, Ertz, and one of the running backs. I he might be an interesting DFS play in Week Three if he's like ready to practice right away.
1: Right. Okay, Larry Fitzgerald is expected to play against the Bears. Joe Hayden is expected to practice this week. That would certainly help the Steelers secondary as they prepare for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And do you expect the following players? Marquise Goodwin at Kansas City.
0: Not currently.
1: Marcus Mariota at Jacksonville. No. Leonard Fournette against Tennessee. Not currently. LaShawn McCoy at Minnesota. Yes. And Josh Gordon at Detroit on Sunday night. Not currently. All right, Heath, let's revisit the elite running backs, 1 through 11. And if there's anyone else that has jumped into that picture, feel free to throw them in there. Todd Gurley is the number one running back in non-PPR, number three in PPR. And the only thing interesting I can find here to say about Gurley is this. He's on pace for 48 catches. He had 64 catches in only 15 games last year, so you know could have had close to 70. He's on pace for 48. Last year, he led the team in catches, Heath. This year, those three wide receivers are getting a ton of targets and catches and yards, and I was a little afraid of this, which is why I actually, I mean, early in the offseason, I think you and I, you know, you, I think you inspired me to take Le'Veon ahead of Gurley in PPR, I yeah, the thing, think, I, the
0: thing I love about this is like, you could be worried about Gurley's receptions and say, well, I'm going to take Levy on I'm going right. to take David Johnson. And you should have taken Todd Gurley.
1: Yes. Obviously Gurley is still the number one overall player, but it's just, it's just worth noting the catches right now are down.
0: Here's a fun fact that I think you will like and our listeners will hate. Okay. The top four running backs in PPR scoring, Alvin Kamara, Melvin Gordon, James Conner, Todd Gurley.
1: I know where you're going with this.
0: Are all averaging less than four yards per carry.
1: Five of the top six in non-PPR are averaging less than four yards per carry. That's awesome. Um, the only exception is the most deceiving exception in the world. It is Saquon Barkley because he has a 68-yard touchdown, and he has, I think, 24 carries for 40 yards on his other attempts. So oh, basically all of the top six have been bad on a per-carry basis. Um, all right so Be- Gurley's number 1 Le'Veon Bell. Let's revisit Le'Veon Bell. What's his value right now? When do you expect him back? If I can't it's an impossible question to answer. Why would you ask me that? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's an impossible question to answer.
0: Um I still like I spent quite a bit of time last night going through my leagues, clicking on the standings page and then clicking on the teams that were 0 and 2. And looking to see if they had Mark Ingram, Julian Edelman, Doug Baldwin, Le'Veon Bell, and then trying to make an offer for one of those guys.
1: It's a good idea. It's a great idea.
0: It didn't work yet, and Jamie accused me of making an Azer trade, <laughs> and then and then Jamie turned down a trade that he should have taken. What was the Azer trade? The Acer trade was Dion Lewis and Dante Pettis. Okay. For Mark Ingram and Doug Baldwin.
1: Oh, that is a terrible trade. So even he, I would be
0: insulted by that. He countered and asked for Galladay and Dion Lewis for some Jamison Crowder, somebody who was getting ready to drop, and Ingram. And then I countered and just offered him Lewis straight up for Ingram. And he definitely should have taken that.
1: What's the format? Uh PPR.
0: It's our podcast listeners
1: league. Oh, 14-6. And He's 0
0: 2. And Mark Ingram and Doug Baldwin are not going to do him any good if he doesn't make a trade.
1: Yeah, I can deal with Owen two. Like I don't panic after 0 and 1, because if I go 0 and 2, I can deal with 0-2. I cannot deal with 0 and 3. 0 and 3 is tough to come back from.
0: Well that's why you need to make the trade after 0 and 2.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. That see, that would be an I think that'd be a smart trade to trade Deion Lewis for Mark Ingram if you're if you're in a position of strength one and yes. one or two and a Two and 0 specifically. Although I really see that offense trending toward Dion Lewis and not Mark Ingram. like I think Lewis is going to be in PPR pretty startable.
0: Oh, I agree. I think he's a he's a top twenty five running back for sure. But Mark Ingram is going to be awesome in two weeks.
1: Mark Ingram, yeah, he's Mark Ingram. All right, Ezekiel. All right, so wait, so Le'Veon Bell, anything you want to say there? What would I you would try right? to
0: make a trade like that, but I wouldn't give up Dion Lewis. I'd aim lower.
1: Who would you rather have rest of the season, James Conner or Le'Veon Bell?
0: I'll I'll take the bird in the hand.
1: Really, Conner.
0: Wow. I'll take the bird in the hand.
1: Okay. Uh Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott so far is averaging 4.6 yards per carry. He has scored in both games. He's only getting 16 carries per game. Last year he averaged 24 carries per game. The year before, 21 and a half. You know they're going to want to give Ezekiel Elliott more touches. They were trailing in week one. They actually lost time of possession pretty badly in week two, so maybe that is the case. It's not that Prescott's throwing more. He's actually throwing 3.6 fewer pass attempts per game. And that is all the stats I will give you. Now you can analyze Ezekiel Elliott.
0: Yeah, remember when we talked about the Chiefs and how they're not running very many plays and it's because they score so fast?
1: (laughs) Yeah, what's the Well, the Cowboys are running the
0: same number of plays and they're not scoring very fast at all. They're playing slow, which I think, if you look at their team, they don't have a good passing game. They do have a pretty good defense and they have a good run game. This is probably what we should expect from the Cowboys moving forward is a slow-paced offense.
1: I like Zeke. I'm, I'm comfortable with Zeke. I yeah, there's there's yeah. nothing to be uncomfortable with. I think, he'd, I think I'd think probably take Gordon ahead of him. But that's not a guarantee for me. I mean, he does have, he does have what, uh, eight catches so far as would Elliott. I would
0: definitely take Gordon ahead of him in PPR. I think I'd still take Zeke in non-PPR.
1: I got nervous when I saw Gordon, uh, leave the field with an injury last week just because he's taking a lot of punishment. He's getting so many touches and he has a history of missing games. I think he's played 13, 14 and 16 games in three years. I don't want to completely, if I, I would feel much better if I had Eckler, you know, which I do yeah. in a lot of leagues, but all right. So, so you go Gordon ahead of Zeke and PPR mean PPR. The most, the most interesting one is probably David Johnson. David Johnson is averaging 3.9 yards per carry. They are vowing to use him more in the slot, whatever it is, but get him more touches. His 22 carries and six catches through two games. He had five catches in week one. That was great. The Cardinals have scored six points. They are averaging 175 yards per game. It's it's like they can't be this bad. They can't be this bad.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> the only thing I can think of is they don't think Josh Rosen's ready. And if Sam Bradford's really just fallen off a cliff, they can be this bad.
1: This bad? This would be like NFL history.
0: Are they worse than the Bills right now?
1: Oh, offensively, it's not even close. Actually, they're much worse than the Bills. It's done. But they've scored six points, Heath. <laughs>
0: and the Bills have scored thirteen. Is that right? I I think maybe they scored another touchdown late in that game.
1: Yeah, I'll, I think. Uh, I'll look I'm, at the uh the total yards too.
0: I'm giving David Johnson another week here before I really hit the panic button. I still think you could buy low on him, but the problem is his name's David Johnson, so I don't know if you could buy as low on him as I would feel comfortable with.
1: See, I I think that it's really going to be depending on the league, right? Like There are a lot of people who are going to feel that way. He's David Johnson. He'll be fine. I do think there will be plenty of owners who are hitting the panic button on David Johnson, and certainly we're we're downgrading him. I don't think we consider him a top-five pick at this point, but I actually do like him as a buy low. Uh, in PPR I think the one catch is a fluke I think he's going to have a lot of catches this year what So I did
0: think? look it up And the Cardinals are averaging 175 yards per game The Bills 223 The next lowest team The Cowboys at 265 Every other team is over 280
1: <laughs> That's crazy 175 uh, Yards per game That's awful Alright moving on to Alvin Kamara I think the second most interesting player in this group of elite running backs He's the number 2 running back in non-PPR Number 1 in PPR He has 15 catches, 21 carries And only averaging 3.6 yards per carry Down from 6.1 Yards per catch actually up slightly for Kamara But his touchdown so far He's got 2 rushing touchdowns From 5 yards out and 1 yard out Last year He's already, he's already matched Alvin Kamara's already matched The amount of touchdown carries From 5 yards out or closer From last year with 2 um, that was Ingram. Ingram had eight touchdowns from three yards out or closer. And I think when you look at buy low, sell high, you have to really wonder what's going to happen with the Saints when Mark Ingram comes back. Are they going to go back to last year's formula? Is their defense as good as it was last year, or was last year a mirage? And I think it's a huge question for fantasy owners, Heath.
0: Yeah, I, I tweeted about this a little bit last night. Alvin Kamara had, I believe, 20 semi-polls so of tweets up. 27% of the rush te- attempts last year. And it went up as the season went on. So maybe you call it 30, 33%, 35%. So far this year, he's at 58% of the team's rush attempts. And I, like, I just think, and I thought this before the season, and so my bias has been confirmed, Mark Ingram is a better running back between the tackles than Alvin Kamara is. And Alvin Kamara is going to be awesome as long as he's used the way that he should be used. And so my expectation when Ingram comes back, and this will evolve over the next couple of weeks, I've got Ingram with about 50% of the rush attempts, Kamara around 35%. I've got Ingram with about 12% of the targets, Kamara sticking right around 20%.
1: Okay, so would you be looking to sell Alvin Kamara?
0: It would have to be an enormous package.
1: You'd rather have him than David Johnson? Definitely. Ezekiel Elliott or Kamara?
0: In non-PPR, I'd rather have Zeke.
1: Melvin Gordon, we love him. He's great. He's on pace for 312 touches, which is actually lower than last year. So he can withstand that workload. It's just so I'm getting a little bit ding. Try to get Austin Eckler if you can. Uh Saquon Barkley, how do you feel about Saquon Barkley? And do you have any stats or know where I can find some stats about missed tackles forced by a running back or a player?
0: Yeah, there are a variety of places who keep that keep track of missed tackles. Um,
1: they don't all line up. Yeah, so I that's would imagine. Fun. He's um, He's sensational talent.
0: Oh, he—he's been outstanding. The Giants' offensive line—the whole they're improved thing. No, no, they're not. Nope. they're terrible again. One of the bottom four offensive lines in football again. Their quarterbacks atrocious. But like the way he was targeted in that second game makes me just not care at
1: all. So are you Barkley or Camara? I think that's a real tough one. Like the next 2 weeks, I think it's obviously Camara.
0: All questions that you ask me about Camara, I'm going to take in non-PPR because in PPR, I I'd have a hard time trading him for just about anyone.
1: Okay. Uh, um yeah, go
0: I on. I think I'd rather have Barkley in non-PPR.
1: I don't think he's a buy-low, but people might be freaking out about the offensive line. Look, at, I mean, like I said, that one great carry other than that 24 carries for 40 rushing guards, it he might have a tough time with rushing guards. Total yards should be there. There's no competition for touches, and uh, he, he'll get the touchdowns. Um, Dalvin Cook. All right, he's a buy low. He's talked about that. Leonard Fournette. How do you feel about Leonard Fournette right now?
0: I would like to know how Leonard Fournette feels right now. Yeah, me too. And um, I, for the most part, I feel about the same as I did before this season.
1: Okay, so uh, Fournette or Cook?
0: I take Cook. He's healthy right now, and I know that he had a little hamstring. He said it was a cramp. Yeah, I'm going to believe him.
1: Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is the number 23 running back in non PPR, number 32 in PPR. That is out. That is like outrageous for a guy on the number one offense in the NFL. Looking at the last five years, the number one offense in the NFL and where their running back ranked. No. Shaw Marino was fifth. Eddie Lacy was sixth. Jonathan Stewart was 16th. Devontae Freeman was sixth, and Todd Gurley was first. So. I mean, I know we had some concerns about Kareem Hunt. I think a part of them were, like, overall concerns about the offense and the offensive line. Those questions appear to have been answered. If Kareem Hunt, I, he has one catch, that's the weird part. But if he's getting 17 carries a game for the best offense in the NFL, how is this guy not a buy-low candidate?
0: Well, I don't know that the offensive line questions have been answered. Like, Patrick Mahomes has been phenomenal when dealing with pressure, but... Kareem Hunt's averaging 3.6 yards per carry after averaging 4.9 last year. And I don't think he lost any ability. I don't, the offense didn't really change that much. So now again, it's been two games. I'm not saying I think he's going to average 3.6 yards per carry all year, but if he does, that makes the touches a little less valuable, especially when all the touches are rushes and we know about Andy Reid's creativity. In the red zone, he had a stretch last year where he went what ten games without a touchdown? Kareem yeah, Hunt, he yeah, did not score like that, a touchdown yeah. from week four through week thirteen.
1: Yeah, well, I, is it? I mean, it could be possible that Patrick Holmes just doesn't throw to running backs. So he's basically thrown to his big three guys, Tyreek Hill. Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey, pretty evenly distributed. And then other than that, it's just it, nobody well, else has more than three targets.
0: I think it will depend a lot, and this is not something we'll be able to know, on how defenses choose to defend the Chiefs. Because Mahomes right now just doesn't drop his eyes. That was one of the biggest criticisms of Alex Smith, is he was constantly looking to see how close that pass rush was to see whether he should run or dump it off to a running back. Mahomes has not done that so far. But if teams just decide we're gonna all out blitz Patrick Mahomes and see if he can handle it, I think Hunt will get more targets.
1: So how are you feeling about Kareem Hunt right now? Are you confident in him?
0: No, I of all the running backs that we've talked about, other than Le'Veon Bell, he is uh, he's definitely the lowest.
1: Yeah, you'd rather have David Johnson than Kareem Hunt.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I would. I def. I wouldn't PPR for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then, I mean, I think it's obvious to take Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I say this, and of course things could be different, but there's no way I would take Kareem Hunt over Christian McCaffrey in PPR right now. No chance. And McCaffrey has 20 catches in two games, Uh and he's the number seven running back in PPR. He's number 17 in non-PPR. But do you expect McCaffrey to be a stud in non-PPR this year?
0: Not completely. The Panthers' offensive line isn't very good either, Um We're not seeing McCaffrey really have a lot of success between the tackles. And so I don't know that how how long they'll continue to do that. And he's still getting less than half of the team's rush attempts because one of the things I was worried about with Cam Newton is North Turner's never really had a running quarterback. And I didn't think he'd stop running altogether, but I thought maybe they'd cut back on it. I think Cam's actually running more.
1: But you say less than half the team's rush attempts for McCaffrey. That includes Cam. Of course. Yeah. He's not, he's not being out carried by CJ Anderson.
0: No, if he was, he'd
1: get four or five carries a game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, are you concerned about any elite wide receivers right now?
0: I don't know where the cutoff for elite is. Uh, I think
1: the top eight, you know, from, from Brown to Devontae Adams, I think that was eight. Or yeah, I, I, maybe you had Ty, Hilton in there too. But the guys, guys, yeah, no, right? Like they're all, they're all pretty good. I mean yeah,
0: it it's so so far through 2 weeks I feel like it's been a pretty good start for the uh Zero RB crowd.
1: I I don't know because and I'll tell you why because uh yeah, the wide receivers have been great, so that maybe is making up for it. But the mid-round running backs that I was excited about, I don't know how they're doing, you know? Like Rex Burkhead's been bad. Um I have a lot of Marlon Mack. I mean, that was expected. We knew he was going to miss Week 1 and be ease back in in Week 2. Uh Jamal Williams hasn't been very good. I guess J.J. has been good, but he was more... In our leagues, he was a, a fifth-round pick, and most leagues, he's a fourth-round pick. Deion Lewis has been good. Deion Lewis has been good. I guess it's been a mixed bag. Matt Breida has been usable for sure. I don't know how many people started him in Week 1. Yeah. I mean, it looks, sometimes you can compensate for bad production from a few spots by just having huge production... From A.J. Green. You know, if you drafted A.J. Green, you drafted Michael Thomas. And it's okay if you drafted Ty- Tyreek right. Hill. Tyreek Hill, for sure. All right, I want to talk to you about hymns at 4hims.com. I know a lot of people that have tried a lot of things to keep their hair, and I get it because 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. And I've talked to people that have done experimental stuff, and they've taken this, and they've taken that. Just go to 4hims.com. Slash FFT for Hymns. F O R H I M S dot com slash FFT. It's five dollars for your first month, a trial month of Hims for just five dollars today, right now while supplies last. For slash FFT. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss because this is a real problem for guys. Like I said, sixty six percent of men lose their hair by age thirty five, and when you when you start to notice it, it's too late. You really have to be aggressive with this. Uh you're not getting snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. You're getting well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions. And it's very very important. There's no waiting room. There's no awkward doctor or no awkward in-person doctor visits. You save hours and you save a ton of money by going to forhims.com. It's very easy. Just answer a few quick questions, a doctor's going to review it and can prescribe you and the products are shipped directly to your door. So our listeners are getting that trial month of hymns for $5 while supplies last. You can see the website for full details. It's a really great website for men. <clears throat> so it ordinarily costs you hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy, but go to fourhymnscom slash FFT, 4 slash FFT. Heath, we uh, covered round one. Let's move on, round one and two, basically. Here are some quick emails. Sup, dudes? Wonder why all the love for Chris Godwin? He has big play potential. But last week he ran 17 routes in the game. I haven't confirmed that, but I know he played 50% of the snaps. He's the fourth pass catcher on the team. Why is everybody so high on Chris Goblin? He's fourth? He's third.
0: Yeah, I think it's quite, I mean, I think he's been fourth so far in fantasy production, right?
1: Behind Evan, Chris Goblin, Evan, who? OJ Howard? OJ Howard? Maybe. I don't know, I don't know about that.
0: Um, no, I think this is a completely fair, uh, question. I have not been quite as encouraged by the first two weeks of Godwin as have others, but through two weeks, he's second on the team in targets. And I do think he's a more complete receiver than Deshaun Jackson. And I don't think Deshaun Jackson's going to catch all of his targets and average 30 yards per catch much longer. <laughs> so, That's why.
1: Okay. Yeah, Goblin and O.J. Howard have the same amount of fantasy points in non-PPR. Goblin ahead in PPR, but Howard does have 53 more yards than him. Goblin has two touchdowns to uh, Howard's one. That question was from Callie from Vegas. This is from Nick. Should I have any fear of starting the Rams DST against the Chargers this week? I could have the Browns, Dolphins, or Cowboys.
0: I don't. I am pretty much viewing the Jags and the Rams as matchup-proof top 12 defenses. And it's not like you're going to carry two defenses and you couldn't drop them.
1: John from Pittsburgh, I've been offered Jarvis Landry for Josh Gordon. Must take it, right?
0: Yeah, I think you need to do that deal.
1: This is from Prajwal K. from East Lansing, Michigan. Dear Bauer, O'Brien, Palmer, and Almeida.
0: Is that twenty-four?
1: I have no idea. Probably. Yes. I've, I don't think I've ever seen 24.
0: I've 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 watched a lot of 24.
1: I watched it for like two seconds, and I saw all the split screens, and I was like, guys, this is the lamest thing I've ever seen. But apparently I missed out on a very good show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the question? Who cares? No, here's the question. Uh, who should I start this week at RB2? Buck Allen, Tariq Cohen, Isaiah Crowell, Aaron Jones.
0: Does he say if this is PPR or not? Standard. I thought PPR was standard now. Oh, okay, so give me, the, give me the names again.
1: <laughs> Buck Allen, Tariq Cohen, Isaiah Crowell, Aaron Jones. Isaiah Crowell. Yeah. Uh, and this is Justin in Texas. Hey, George, Ronald, John, and Theodore. The presidents? Presidents. Uh James White or Carlos Hyde this week?
0: I think you have to go James White. Uh,
1: okay. Now, I think that, um yeah, you're pretty low on Carlos Hyde. We're going to preview that game in a minute. But the guy gets a ton of carries, he gets a lot of red zone and end zone carries.
0: Yeah, I think I've got him, what, 24th?
1: I think that's pretty low. He's been pretty bad. He has, he scored in both games though. No? Yes. So there's that. Uh, you know, I usually save this for the end, but I think Heath, I'd like to get it started a little earlier today with some regulating. You cool with that?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm always cool.
1: cool. Always cool to regulate. When they will preview the game after this. We got some gray to trade. We got more buy low, sell high. Nathan from Fort Mill, South Carolina says, Hello, gentlemen. I proposed a trade on Sunday morning to a member in my league. Anunua for Yeldon. He waited until after kickoff of both games to accept the trade. By doing this, he prevented me from being able to use Yeldon, but had him but had Yeldon in his lineup and it was able to use him in his lineup. Now if Fournette comes back, Yeldon is useless to me, and of course I would not have proposed the trade. Had I remembered it was there, I still would have removed the trade. Or had I remembered it was there, still I would have removed the trade. So he offers him a Nunwa for Yeldon. This jerk waits until the one o'clock game starts. He starts a Nunwa and Yeldon, then he makes the trade, which is effective for week three. The question that Nathan has, should the trade not be void once the players involved in the game begin? Should he be allowed to trade a player and still be able to use said player? I'm the commissioner. I don't want to use that power to void the trade unless the regulators think I have a leg to stand on.
0: Oh, man, Nathan. Until that last sentence, I thought you maybe had a chance to wiggle your way out of this one. But when Why? you're the commissioner, you um. are sunk. Uh Yeah, this was a completely garbage yeah, move. Yeah, totally. Otherly like, owner in your league. And I wouldn't necessarily even fault you for just saying, no, that's BS. This will not stand. But it's your responsibility to withdraw the trade offer when you no longer want to make the trade. He accepted it. If there's no review process in your league, trade goes through.
1: I say no. I just, this, this regulator disagrees because it's, it's very difficult to be on top of your trade offers, rescinding them as soon as- like I don't care. This he guy accepted, knew what he was doing. He this was a dirty offered move. offered a trade and he accepted it. This was a dirty move. And I think, uh, you make a good point. <laughs> he did offer a trade and it was accepted. <laughs> yes. I, I, I still think, this is what I would do. As the commish, I would say, ta- I would take a league-wide vote and say, should this trade go through and let the league decide? It might be a little late now, and I don't think we did a great job. So you can listen to me or you can listen to Heath, and you can consider this one regulated. More to come later with the Fantasy Regulators. Right now it is time for the Jets and the Browns. If you want to go to this game, I personally don't want to go to this game. But if you do, I got some advice for you. Use the Seeky gap. And to be honest with you, like these teams, they're better than we thought. This could be a good game. You should definitely go to this game. Okay, I'm in. Let's go to the Browns-Jets game. Let's use the Geek app to get there. Let's use it for concerts, for comedy, for theater, for any type of live event that you want. You want a guaranteed ticket. Use SeatGeek because every purchase is fully guaranteed. They're going to search multiple ticket sites. They're going to give you a grade on every ticket based on value. And SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. I use SeatGeek all the time. I really do. It's on my phone. It's the first place I go to. I tell my friends about it. I tell my family about it. And I say, hey, I can save you 20 bucks." And here's how. You download the SeatGeek app. You enter the promo code FFT. And that code will get you 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. You just search for an event. You let all those tickets come on in. You get a grade on every ticket. You get a color-coded map with green dots all over the place. The greener the dot, the bigger the dot, the better the value. That's how you know you're saving money. Promo code is FFT for 20 bucks off your first Seek Geek purchase. Seek Geek. Life's an event. And we have the tickets. Jets are at the Browns. Stat of the game. Hard to find a stat of the game for this one. But Quincy Enunwa has 21 targets in two games. No other Jets pass catcher has more than 11 targets. Heath, who would you rather have rest of season, Quincy Enunwa or Carson Wentz? Quincy Ninwa. Okay, good.
0: Obviously it's a number two receiver or a number two quarterback. It's an easy choice.
1: We are um we are uh sitting the quarterbacks, Right? I'm gonna to try to make this game quick. I want to talk about trades. We're sitting the quarterbacks, right? Correct. If you're in a two quarterback league, Tyrod Taylor, Dave and Jamie have him twentieth and twenty first, Heath does not have him ranked in the top twenty four, but he's a better option than Darnold, I assume.
0: Yeah, I think he. I think he probably is. I, I don't. Really, I don't want to start either one. Um, I have Darnold actually projected for about a half a point more than Tyrod.
1: Okay, Tyrod does have some good recent history against the Jets with the Bills, for what that's worth. As far as the Jets go, let's talk about the running backs. Who do you like better? A 75% on Powell, a 95% on Crowell.
0: In non-PPR, I think you have to start Crowell over Powell. Both of them are flexish. Uh You could even, if you had Crowell as your number two running back, I wouldn't hate it. They're kind of in the same spot in PPR, only I just flipped them. I'd rather have Powell than Crowell.
1: And Crowell is, is, has been completely uninvolved in the passing game thus far. He has uh, two catches. Powell had only one catch in Week 1, but he had five in Week 2. So it makes sense. Uh Would you prefer Isaiah Crowell to them?
0: Isaiah Crowell to the Jets uh, would you back? uh.
1: Sorry, I'm still on Cleveland. Would you, uh, this is like a revenge game for Crowell. Would you prefer Carlos Hyde to them?
0: I prefer Carlos Hyde over either one of them in non-PPR.
1: Uh,
0: Hyde and Crowell are back to back, very, very close. In PPR, Bilal Pal is my favorite.
1: Really? Alright, so, so what do you have against Carlos Hyde? 22 carries in week one, 16 carries in week two.
0: Uh, The Jets' defense has been better than I expected. mm -hmm. Carlos Hyde's averaging like two yards per carry.
1: Probably less than three. What's that? Probably less than three. 2.8. 2.8? There you go. Yes.
0: And he has virtually no involvement in the passing game. He's been saved by... Like, I love Carlos Hyde. I think he's a talented running back, but he's been saved by one touchdown each week. and. Maybe he scores that touchdown this week, but if it's a guy that I'm thinking is going to score six or seven fantasy points, and maybe he scores a touchdown, that's a low end, borderline number two running back.
1: And the Jets are allowing 3.4 yards per carry to running backs. Would you go with uh Carlos Hyde or Philip Lindsay?
0: Um, definitely Hyde in non PPR and PPR. I'd take Lindsay. Actually, I've got I've got Lindsay higher on both.
1: Okay. Would you take Carlos Hyde or Chris Thompson?
0: Thompson and both.
1: All right. Uh We got the wide receivers here. Jarvis Landry is a must-start. What about Quincy Anunwa? Is he a must-start?
0: Yes, he's a must-start. Any receiver that's getting 10 targets per week is a must-start.
1: Hyde or Anunwa, Flex.
0: Definitely a Nunwa in PPR. It's not close. Yeah. In non-PPR, I'll still take a Nunwa.
1: Okay. Quincy Anunwa or Chris Hogan?
0: Anunwa easily.
1: Easily, he, okay. He
0: gets twice as many targets as Hogan. He does.
1: Uh all right. Quincy and or Ooh, this is a fun. Will Fuller against the Giants. Anunwa. All right, you like Alunwa. You have him eighteenth uh sixteenth. So start Anunwa. And any other wide receivers, Callaway, Higgins, Anderson, anyone else?
0: Callaway's a boom bust flex play, same thing as Anderson.
1: Who would you prefer if you had to take a shot?
0: I think I'd prefer Anderson still.
1: How do you feel about David Njoku in this game? He is now 73% owned.
0: I really w- don't want to get rid of like I, I have him ranked low this week. It's not been a good connection between him and Terrod Taylor. But I don't want to cut him for a couple of the scrubs that I have ranked ahead of him this week. So he's outside of my top 15 tight ends. But he's not somebody I want to cut because I do like the targets he's getting.
1: So you, would you start Jesse James over him? Would you start Will Disley over him?
0: I'd start Will Disley over him for sure. And Disley is the one that I probably I would drop him for.
1: Okay. You'd also start Evan Ingram, O.J. Howard, Tyler Eifer. A lot. You have 20th. I mean, you're yeah. definitely sitting... Najoka, who by the way is second on the team in targets. And. Yeah, that's, that's positive. Yeah, seven in each game, which is pretty good for a tight end. Uh, it's okay, it's fine for a tight end. Just, uh, the production has not been there yet. It's, it's tough to know how the Jets are against tight ends. They faced the Titans and the, without the uh, no, not the Titans, sorry. They faced the Dolphins and the Lions. So they haven't faced good tight ends, but they did allow a touchdown to AJ Derby in week two. Going back to last year, good tight ends did very well against the Jets, but this is a much different defense. It's hard to know how the matchup is. Um, for what it's worth, Tyrod Taylor faced the Jets last year twice. In the first game, Charles Clay had four for 53 and a touchdown. In the second game, Nick O'Leary had four for 51 at the Jets. So twice, uh four catches, about 50 yards, one time a touchdown for a tight end with Tyrod Taylor against the Jets last year. And that is a cool stat. It probably means nothing. Cleveland DST or Jets DST, who do you like?
0: I've got Cleveland one spot ahead of the Jets, but I have added both last night.
1: Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. So
0: I I would start I'd start either of them over the Saints or Falcons.
1: That was my next question. And you have the Cowboys You have Browns twelve, Jets thirteen, Cowboys fourteen.
0: Yep. All good streaming options this week.
1: Okay. I want to make sure I didn't mess up one thing here. I just want to look at where Dave and Jamie have Tyrod Taylor ranked because the rankings have been updated and eh, basically the same. Jamie's got him twenty second. Dave twenty first. Heath outside the top twenty four. And that will do it for your preview of the Jets and the Browns. Heath, buy low or heck no? Jamal Williams, buy low or heck no?
0: Only if I can buy really low, and I'd like to have Aaron Jones if I'm doing it, but I've not been encouraged by the Packers' run game or Williams' performance.
1: Well, 16 for 59 against the Vikings is pretty good. 15 for 47 against the Bears, not as much.
0: Yeah, I mean, he has 31 carries, and he does not have 100 yards. Or he have 106
1: yeah, he's 106.
0: With yeah. three catches for 12 yards. That's disgusting.
1: Okay, Um Marlon Mack. Buy low or heck no?
0: Yeah, I would, uh, i I'd, I'd buy low on Marlon Mack. I don't think there's anybody else there that's good. So maybe, like, I, I don't know that he's ever gonna be completely healthy, but hopefully he is.
1: Who else would you buy low on?
0: Um I'd be looking to buy low on George Kittle. And Jimmy Garoppolo before this week. I would be looking to buy low on Doug
1: Baldwin. Okay. Um I think you said you had dozens.
0: Yeah, I do. We've talked about a lot of players so far today. Okay,
1: yeah. good. I hope we've covered the important ones. I hope
0: David Johnson we talked about. Um let's just look a, a good way to look at this is through the, I'd buy low on Alex Collins.
1: That's I was going to bring him up because we mentioned him last Friday after the Thursday game. Alex Collins, definitely um, buy, buy low on
0: Alex Collins. I I can't imagine they're going to keep doing what they've been doing. Um, yeah, that's a lot.
1: Okay, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, Doug Baldwin, David Johnson, Alex Collins, maybe Marlon Mack, Robert uh, Woods for sure. Are you? Wor- I'm worried about touchdowns with him.
0: Yeah, I don't – like, he's got – he leads the Rams in targets through two weeks, just like he did last year when he played. And I don't think he's going to catch 50% of his targets for the rest of the year. So – and he's going to score occasionally.
1: Yeah, he will. I think. <laughs> Marky's good when I think, you know, it's a buy low. Yes. I think he's – I think it's pretty obvious he's the best pass catcher on that team. Uh I mean, Garcon had his chance, didn't really do much with it. They need they need Marquise Goodwin. It's going to take Jimmy Garoppolo to a new height. And then I would say I, maybe he's more of a buy high, but I'm just sticking with this offense. But Matt Breda, it was a great matchup against the Lions. He's to me, we've been saying this since day one. Some people were on team Team Alfred Morris. We were we've always been on Team Breda on this podcast. And I just hope that he continues to take work away from Morris. I think that at first. Maybe for the foreseeable future, Morris is is much more likely to get goal line work. But Breida's just better.
0: Oh, Breed is so much better. It's not close.
1: Yeah. So maybe it's a buy high at this point, but like I think I'd rather have him than Rex Burkhead. Would you? Yep. Would you rather have Breida than Jamal Williams? Yep. So he's definitely someone that has risen. For sure. Uh Sell higher. No thanks, guy. And the title sticks. We haven't gotten a better replacement yet. Sell higher. No thanks, guy. The Green Bay passing game with some potential fear about Aaron Rodgers' knee.
0: I'm not selling – I mean, I don't think you can sell high on Aaron Rodgers right now because the original perception was he's the best quarterback in football and now he's dinged. So I don't know – like, I wouldn't mind if I could make – if I could sell high on Randall Cobb or Geronimo Allison. I don't think you can sell high on Jimmy Graham. He hasn't scored yet.
1: Yeah, he's – oh, got called back, didn't it? Uh, that was that wasn't fair. He got all excited. He did the leap. Um. Well, but what about the Adams? I I think if if Aaron Rodgers goes down, it's a huge huge deal.
0: Yes, it is. But what's Adams' value hasn't
1: gone up. No, so it's just selling.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm probably just holding unless I can really sell high.
1: Okay. Um. Drew Brees, Drew Brees week one defense was terrible, threw forty five passes and scored thirty seven fantasy points. Week two, I think they gave up eighteen points. Defense, I don't think was that great. I mean, the the Browns left a lot of points off, off the board. Um, but threw thirty five passes, scored twenty one fantasy points at six point per pass and touchdown leagues. That sounds a lot more like last year's Drew Brees. Mark Ingram will be coming back soon. Would you sell high on Drew Brees?
0: I would sell high on any quarterback that someone was willing to pay me extra on.
1: Who else would you sell high on? I would sell
0: high on Chris Thompson and, and or Adrian Peterson. I don't think the odds of either of these guys playing 16 games is great and Thompson's been awesome and he's a must start as long as he stays healthy, but I I don't know that I believe that's going to, uh, it's going to happen. Um, I would sell high. Ah, you can't sell high on him because he's hurt now. There's not a lot of great running back sell-high candidates. If you could trade Alvin Kamara for a Todd Gurley or a non-PPR Melvin Gordon, I would do that. I,
1: I wonder if it makes sense to take one of those elite running backs. I don't think it does personally. I think you want the stud player. But I'll bring up the possibility just in case. Take one of those stud running backs – Gordon, Gurley, whatever. Get two starting running backs for him. Who would those two running backs have to be for you to make that deal?
0: Yeah, unless one of them's Dalvin Cook and the other one's a must start, I can't see doing that.
1: Like, like I would- Yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
0: In, in a PPR league, I could see trading Gurley for maybe Dalvin Cook and, uh,
1: Mixon? Mm-hmm.
0: Or Dalvin Cook and Ingram?
1: Yeah, so, so I think that like, let's say you had the number one pick and you took Todd, Todd Gurley. And, or you had like the number eight pick and you took Melvin Gordon. And the guy with the number 12 pick or the girl with the number 12 pick took two running backs. And they were Kareem Hunt and Christian McCaffrey or something like that. Maybe turning Gordon into Hunt and McCaffrey isn't a bad idea.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's generally a bad process to trade the best player.
1: Yeah, that, that is kind of bothering me, cause fantasy football, like, you don't start that many guys in fantasy football, you know, and that depends, like some leagues do, and that matters. Some leagues, most leagues, you know, it's not like baseball, where you're starting a lot more players. One guy can carry your team in fantasy football, it, to a degree, but we just don't see in other fantasy sports, I think. And you wanna have that guy. It, it's like, upside is so important in fantasy football. It can really cover up a lot of awards on your team. So I'm not so eager to give up Melvin Gordon. But I am acknowledging that he has had a favorable schedule in his first two games. I expect, I expect said it. I expected him to get off to an amazing start against Kansas City and Buffalo. Gets tougher now, but still some favorable matchups ahead. I don't know. All right, Melvin Gordon for Kareem Hunt and Christian McCaffrey. Who would you rather have?
0: It'd depend on my team. But in PPR, I could see taking the McCaffrey side.
1: All right, Heath, let's uh, finish the show. We've got regulators coming up shortly. But I want to go through some intriguing stats. Uh, maybe we'll do some more of these tomorrow. But you have some troubling target trends uh, after week two, after two weeks. What do you got?
0: Yeah, it's just wide receivers and running backs who are getting far less action in the passing game than we expected. One, we already mentioned, Kareem Hunt, I think he was around 12% target share last year. He's seen 3.8% of the Chiefs' targets so far in 2018. Um I'm trying to pull the list up here.
1: No problem. Marvin Jones, 16.3% of targets. Kenny Stills, 15.6%. Trey Burton, 14.7%. Chris Hogan, 13.5%. Kyle Rudolph, 12%. Duke Johnson, 11.5%. Jameson Crowder, 11%. Robbie Anderson, 103 career month 38 uh, there you go.
0: <laughs> yes, um, uh, Marvin Jones like looks like third or fourth in the pecking order in Detroit, and it's gonna be very difficult for him to be more than a flex. Same thing for Kenny Stills, and it may be even worse. You, one thing you brought up, and through two weeks, I'm a little concerned. It's it's one of those things that you were right about. Is that Ryan Tannehill just hates Kenny Stills guts?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, first week was great.
0: So, well, but it kind of was. He still didn't get as many targets as Jakeem Grant.
1: He's kind of a deep ball guy, you know? I mean, the, sometimes you have to deal with the frustrations of it.
0: Marvin Jones is kind of a deep ball guy, too, though.
1: Marvin Jones, the thing that he has in his favor, he has four end zone targets, four targets in the, inside in the, the, the 10, You're right. in the end zone. Yep. He leads the NFL. It might be a tie, but he's in first place. You know, Stills is much more of a deep ball guy. And the knock on Tannehill was that he couldn't throw the deep ball. He's gotten a lot better. So that's yeah. good. I I like Stills not as much I as you like guys, him, but, but I just thought he'd be a little up and down.
0: Um, Chris Hogan, if you could, I would be thrilled to sell him after scoring two touchdowns against Jacksonville because his usage in the passing game is not one that would be conducive to a player you would own, much less start.
1: I guess my question is like, you know, but it's only two weeks. You know, what, so what does it mean to you? Should should we make draw conclusions from it?
0: Well, I'm not saying you should drop Chris Hogan because of it, but I would be willing to sell him. I I mean, it's uh, not like he's been a huge target guy in the past mm -hmm. or a good fantasy asset for most of his career.
1: No, but with the Patriots, he was when he was healthy.
0: He had like last year when he was healthy, he had one, two, three games with more than six targets.
1: I think yeah, and he made the most of it. I, I think
0: zero games with more than 78 yards.
1: He, honestly, he seemed touchdown dependent, but it was the kind of situation where I really thought he would get the touchdowns. It just made sense.
0: I think the like the kind of the, the point I would make here is the the reason that Chris Hogan was a guy to like or a breakout candidate was he got a four week head start on time without Julian Edelman and he'd get more targets than he did last year. Last year, he played in nine games and had 59 targets. That's six per game. A little over, almost seven. Yeah. So far, he's played in two games and has 10 targets.
1: He needs more than five per game. But But I did think he was the type of player that could be very good on a per-target basis just because he was the second most logical touchdown guy for Tom Brady. He might be third behind James White. Um, and then Edelman will be back. Edelman will score some, and Josh Gordon's coming. So, yeah, it's not a great outlook for Chris Hogan right now. Uh, we'll do more stats tomorrow, get some good stuff, like Andrew Luck's yards per attempt is, is just eye-popping. He's lower than Dak Prescott and Eli Manning. Two of the better quarterbacks in the NFL for sure, but Andrew Luck is below Dak and Eli Manning. That's a joke. 5.93 yards per attempt, got to talk about that. Got to talk about Russell Wilson's rush attempts. Um, all those stuff All those things are really interesting I mean they're like a 5 on the interesting-o-meter They're like a 7 on the interesting-o-meter Maybe even an 8 But they're not a 10 You know what is a 10? The fantasy regulators are a 10 On the interesting-o-meter Let's do some freaking regulating Chris in New York he Says, dear Benedict, Judas, Brutus, and Hansen. These are people who stabbed others in the back, Heath I'm the commissioner of my league And my league just Wait, hold on Thank you my league just revolted and trade vetoed me out of a huge steal. I had Julio Jones coming to my team for James Conner. Give up Conner, get Julio Jones. While the trade is in my favor, it's not the biggest heist of a trade I've ever seen before. The trade was agreed to, but as it showed up on our group chat, the league went nuts and a coup was organized, followed by a rain of vetoes coming down on the transaction. I know this has been discussed before, but as the commissioner, I have to change this rule. I will wait till next season, but can you please elaborate again the reason the veto system exists and how it should be used?
0: Chris, do you know what causes traders and coups? Weak leaders. (laughs) And that's what you were by allowing trade vetoes in your league. I cannot elaborate the reason the veto system exists and how it should be used because it should not exist and it should not be used. Wrong. It should. Been you can have. Move you know, on to the next. It's been
1: regulated. <laughs> Play the music. You. I'll tell you what. You should. That trade should have gone through. It should have gone through. That was, all
0: trades should go through. Collusion
1: trades should not go through.
0: Exactly. Those players should be kicked out of the
1: league. You can't just kick everyone out of leagues if they collude. You can. Well, you can't always find. Re- all right. Next up from oh, Matt. Say I'm right. You're not right. I'm not giving you that. You're you're I'm partially right. right. Uh From Matt. Should we start considering making the extra point worth two or three points? Now that they are 30-plus yard kicks.
0: Hey, Matt, I've got a better idea. Don't have kickers in your league. You can't
1: just make everything the way— kickers Look, from your league. As a regulator, you have to step out of your comfort zone and answer questions.
0: No, as a regulator, it's my responsibility to tell people what is right and what is good.
1: No, but you could also answer the question, should he make extra points worth two or three points? No. No, it's, it's worth one point in— Fantasy football, it should be worth one point to your league. Well,
0: wait, 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 wait. Forty yard field goals are worth four points in many leagues. Fifty yards are worth five points.
1: Uh yeah, but they it's a true. So what do you think, regulator? What do you think?
0: Oh no, I think you should ban kickers.
1: Alright, fine. I will answer the question as the mature adult in the room. No, they should be worth one point. They're extra points. I mean, I get it, but that one has By been compromising regulated. Well,
0: Compromising and acknowledging these bad systems. We're not helping people.
1: They're not bad systems. Kickers count. Kickers are people, Heath. God, you're so mean to kickers. What did they ever do to you? Somebody kicked you at a age. You young know what? Age. Podcast
0: hosts are people too, but fantasy football would suck if we started getting points for things they did.
1: Okay, well, wide receivers. Why should we get points for that? They're, just, they're paid to catch the ball. They're awesome. Uh, they are. Alright, this is, uh, f- these are two different, uh, Joe Mixon trades, and I think different perspectives. This is from No Name. Um, there was a trade for Mixon on the table in my league that was outstanding for several days before his injury. Following his diagnosis, the trade was accepted by the Mixon owner. The owner who tried trading for Mixon before the injury is fuming because the trade was not accepted until after Mixon was injured. Do I allow this trade to go through or cancel the transaction?
0: Uh, this is going to make the guy – who had the trade situation earlier really mad because he's the commissioner and he can't overturn his own trade. In this situation, I would, I would have to really strongly consider how soon after Mixon was injured was this trade accepted. Did the person who had originally posted the trade have an opportunity to know that Mixon was injured? If he did have the opportunity to know that Mixon was injured and did not pull the trade back, then again, it's a complete jerk move, but the trade stands.
1: So this is just a philosophical difference. As a a commissioner, if the Mixon owner had a trade offer out there, then Mixon got hurt, and then the trade was accepted – I would absolutely cancel this trade if the Mixon owner wanted to cancel the trade. I don't like unhappy fantasy owners. I think one of the jobs of the commissioner he is to keep the league happy. And a guy giving up an injured player, and I think it's tough to keep track of all your trade offers. I don't think you should be responsible. Maybe you're out. You know, maybe you don't have time. Maybe you just well, forgot. Right. That's why I
0: said how yeah, long has it been?
1: But I don't, I, it doesn't really matter to me. I, don't, I would so not. Today, I would cancel this trade. I would cancel this so, trade.
0: If somebody accepted a Mixon trade offer today,
1: I'd after cancel we've it. known
0: that he was out for a week, cancel it. You would cancel it.
1: If the Mixon owner wanted to cancel because he forgot about the trade, I would cancel it.
0: Waivers just ran last night. You could have gone, you would have gone to your league and seen that in your pending transactions. You I made cancel the choice to I would cancel
1: any trade that the owner didn't want to make. Just like it, it you know, unless it's like, you know, you got bad feedback and you got cold feet or something. But if you don't feel comfortable with the trade and you forgot, that's the kind of thing that's just not important enough to to for a, I, fantasy football. Supposed to be fun, you know? It's not I important agree, enough. I
0: agree. You do understand that while you are making this one person happy, you are upsetting this other person.
1: Yeah, but it's like it's. I think it's weighted strongly to that to the owner that who's not paying attention. Uh, it's, it's a reasonable amount of attention being paid. Last one, Jake from a city in Texas. Regulators, I'm too upset to even put a fun intro of names. I traded Mixon and Mahomes for David Johnson and Cooper Cup on Thursday afternoon before the game. I gave up Mixon and Mahomes, I got David Johnson and Cooper Cup. It takes a week for, it takes a week for trades to run through, so I had to play Mixon on Thursday. After Mixon got hurt, my trade was vetoed by the league and the commissioner. Have I been wronged? I feel like a trade is a trade even if the other person gets hurt during the process.
0: Uh yeah, I think if you have a system to where it takes a league a week to decide whether a trade's good or not, I mean that's an awful Terrible. system.
1: Yeah. But regulate that.
0: It's well, no, I'm supposed to just answer the question, and not comment on the way people run their leagues. <laughs> but in this particular situation, it seems like a perf- perfectly reasonable use of that week to now say the trade's not fair because it's not.
1: Gosh, Heath. We're not I mean, we're like 0 for 4. We're not going to agree on one thing. Oh, so you now you think everybody
0: should say, make this guy go through with the trade.
1: Because the trade happened before he
0: got hurt. That's why I put these two— The trade offer happened before he got hurt.
1: I put these two emails in here back-to-back on purpose. because that I see a huge difference between a trade happening after an injury and before an injury. You can't back out of a trade after an injury if you already made the trade before the guy he, got the hurt. The trade
0: was not finalized. It takes a week to finalize.
1: No, it was finalized. It and he's
0: not backing out of the trade. There's also a veto process by the league and the commissioner. They have to vote.
1: I don't think it should have been vetoed. They're voting against it. This is a totally different scenario. First of all, what the hell? Trades take a week to go through? That's the worst system I've ever heard. That's terrible. It's really bad. If the point of that system was, hey, let's make sure nobody gets hurt in this week. If so, then it gets vetoed. Then fine. That's your league. Do what you want. Overturn it. If that wasn't the point of it, this trade has to stand. It has to stand. Well, I'm Adam Azur and I It's already this been, it's already been overruled. Well, it's stupid. Jake, you got robbed. He, well, everything's stupid about it. Yes. I, I, I hated your advice today. Your regulator's advice. I think you were over for
0: 4. I'm an idiot moron who dropped Carson Wentz and you're an idiot moron who wouldn't make a zero dollar bid on him.
1: I didn't want to do that to you. It was our team. So I'm you nice just didn't guy. do,
0: didn't do waivers at all.
1: No, I did. I put in a bid for Bernard. We didn't get him. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's it. We're out of here. You didn't even look. You didn't even look. You've already given up on the team. <laughs> What's the worst team I own? We love that team. We got, we're coming back. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We're back on Thursday with starter set for the AFC home games. See ya.